bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. My guest today is Robin Layton, and Robin is a national treasure, not only for her professional work, which has been featured in the Smithsonian and also won her a Pulitzer Prize nomination, but because she is one of the kindest souls that I've ever met. At 24 years old, Life Magazine named Robin one of the top eight most talented photographers in America, and Nikon calls her one of the best-known photographers in the world. Her client list includes Oprah Winfrey, President Barack Obama, Jennifer Aniston, and so many more. Her photographs have graced the pages of Sunset Magazine, In Style, House Beautiful, People, Life, and just just to name a few, the list just goes on and on. Just this week, ABC's 2020 featured Robin and her best-selling book, A Letter to My Dog, on their show. And Robin's new book, Hoops, An American Dream, will be released in September, and it's absolutely an honor and a pleasure to have Robin with us today. So thank you, Robin, for coming on. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. So before I get into kind of hoops and and how that started, you have been a photographer now for quite a long time. Were, Were you a little girl who ran around with a camera taking pictures, or did you pick up a camera later in life? I knew at the age of 15 what I wanted to do. I was one of the lucky ones. Um, I had one of those Instamatic, you know, 110 cameras. Uh, I'm dating mm-hmm. myself here, Lori, but uh, I used to go around the neighborhood and take pictures of rocks and trees and flowers. And one day I was sitting on a, a, my mom and dad's couch in Richmond, Virginia, and I was looking through a National Geographic magazine. And my mom was flipping through the channels watching TV, and I'm looking at the magazine, and I looked over and I said, gosh, Mom, I would give anything to be able to take pictures like these. And she doesn't even look at me, doesn't miss a beat, and says, you know what? You can do that for a living if you want. And I took my hand, I slammed my hand on the magazine and said, this is what I'm going to do. So at age 15, I just knew it in my heart and soul that uh, I wanted to pursue photography as a career and went to the best school um, in the country, Ohio University, that specialized in photojournalism, and uh, it just took off from there. Wow, that's that's amazing, especially to know that that young in life, you didn't have to go through all the bad jobs to kind of figure out where you wanted to go. You were, <laughs> you, you, you uh, were driven so from the beginning. Well, you, you know, a lot of people tell me that, you know, how did you know, and I didn't know, and I still don't know, and I guess I was just very blessed. Um, I always just followed that inner voice, and uh, it just took it from there. So I was very, very fortunate that I knew at an early age. Mm-hmm. And what did your parents think about your success? Oh, Matt, well, unfortunately I lost my, my father about 20 years ago, but um, he was always very proud of me, and uh, I guess I was 30 when he died. And he he was very, very proud of me for um, all my accomplishments up to that point. And then my mom, she passed away six years ago. But they were my biggest cheerleaders and extremely supportive. I, I wouldn't be where I am today without their love and support and they always encouraged me to follow my dreams and um whatever you know, whatever I needed they were there and that that's just invaluable, you know, and um I owe them everything. Everything I do now I do to honor them. 
Yeah, that that is really amazing. I'm so glad that they. I'm I'm sorry that that you've lost your parents, but I'm happy that they were able to witness some of your success. You know, there's been uh, so many people who said my parents passed away before they could see, and and your parents watched you. They were there in that room when you realized your dream, and then they were they lived at least to be able to see that be fulfilled. Oh yeah, they're still here helping me. I feel their presence a lot, and um, they they are they just are unbelievable. Unbelievable parents. I, I really miss them a lot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you have really good instincts, so I'm, I'm not surprised at all that you can feel their presence around you as well, too, because you just have really good natural instincts. I think that comes through in your work, and I think that that translates from human soul to human soul. Um, and not even human soul, but I think animal soul. I was watching 2020 the other night, and it just, popped on and they're like, and Robin Layton and her book, um, uh, Robin Roberts was on there talking about it. And, you know, she says, uh, um, and she starts talking about you and a letter to my dog and that whole bit. And you were able to capture some amazing photographs with between the spirit, the human spirit and the animal spirit that came through in that book. Oh, well, thank you. That was an honor and uh, a lot of fun. It, it was amazing to witness the love between people and their pets and the unconditional love that pets give us. And so that was a, a wonderful, wonderful project to work on. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you took one of Oprah's most, one of her favorite photograph, uh, photographs of all time was with her and, and between her and, and her dog. Um, and I, I think you put that in the book, didn't you? Oh, Luke, uh-huh, yeah. Um, I was uh, in her kitchen, and she, you know, she has five dogs, and this one particular dog, this, I call him Magic, but uh, she bent over to give him a kiss and on, on his forehead, and, and we did, I didn't know it at the time, and nor did she, but he was actually kissing her, uh, his tongue is under her chin, and I didn't know it until I got my uh, images back, and, um, and uh, she said that's her most favorite photo, so it was what an honor to to uh, not only witness the love between her and Luke, but to, to photograph her, and I'm very, very grateful for that. Right. Well, um, how many animals do you have? We have four rescue dogs. We have a black chow chow and uh, three uh, little 20-pounders that uh, have changed our life in a, in a wonderful way, and I actually rescued two of them while I was on the road photographing uh, photos for my hoop book. And um, that's a whole other story. But I picked them up in Atlanta, and uh, now we have four. And ended up, we literally just bought a bigger house to house them because we were popping out of our little house on the, in Seattle. And so we've been in our new place of, a month uh, ago. And the funny thing is I adopted them on July 3rd, and um, – we closed on July 30 year later, so I think they might have something to do with it. Wow. Well, you know, everything <laughs> kind of happens for a reason. It, it, it's amazing how we're all connected, you know. It's like this big string that runs through everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, I want to talk about Hoop the American Dream because you actually went on the road for quite a long time, got a van and went on the road and had quite an experience. You know, for, for a lot of people, it would be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, and you started did, – did, did you start in Seattle and then you just worked your way across the country? 
I did. I, I shot in Seattle, and then I actually, um, well, I did a, a few trips. I drove from Seattle down to Los Angeles and back. I drove from uh, Seattle to Denver and back. And then I flew to uh, New York and rented a van and then zigzagged um, across the country towards Seattle and then zigzagged back that diagonal towards uh, through West Virginia and uh, went through Chicago, Indiana, and then back over to D.C., um, and, of course, hit Philadelphia and Maine and all the states up there, and then um, made my way down the coast, um, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, and crisped over through um, Georgia and came all the way through Texas and then back up through Kansas and and then back up to Seattle. And um, it was just an unbelievable experience. I, I can't believe that. I still look back at what an amazing trip. I mean, some of the days we had no idea where we were going. We would just look for unique scoops and drive and, around and knock on people's doors when we saw something unique. I, and my friend Kim Carney went with me and uh, my dear friend here, Kim, in Seattle. And um, we just knocked on doors when we saw unique hoops. And then also we researched and found where childhood hoops of the most revered players, some of the most revered players of our time, um, where their childhood hoops that they actually played on were. And then we, um, I called them and, and got interviews and quotes from them to go along with the pictures for the book. So the book is really Americana. It's, um, uh, it's about following your dreams. And it's um, about America's one of America's favorite uh, favorite games, basketball. Well, what were people's um, reaction when you knocked on their door just out of the blue to photograph their basketball hoops? <laughs> well, the, the first the first thing that you know, they're of course they're like, uh oh, you know, somebody's selling something, or what does this person want? And luckily, uh, Kim and I, we don't look that threatening, so I think that that was in our our favor, you know, if we had been two, you know, big guys, I think it would have been a little different, but um, we look pretty safe, you know, and, and so I would I would go up, uh, and, and later I realized that Kim was much better at it than me. I called her the closer. I said, you go do it, because, you know, she is so such a sweet, sweet, sweet soul. I mean, you know, you, you can just you can just tell by looking at her, she's, she's an amazing person, and so I would just go up, or she would go up and say, hi, you know, we live in Seattle, and and we're traveling across America photographing unique basketball hoops, and we saw your hoop, and we were wondering um, if we could photograph your, your basketball hoop. And at that point, they seemed relieved because, oh, good, you don't, you don't want money. You don't want money. You're not telling me anything. And, and then they would say, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then the next thing, they, or they would say, that old thing? Really? You want to do that? And we're like, yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. And then. I think they thought we were crazy some of the times, but um, uh, by the end of you know, by the end of the time that we left, they were into it and saying, "How do we find out when it's out?" And um, so, yeah, that, it was pretty it was pretty fun to see their expression when we found out that they really just I really wanted to just photograph their hoop. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, what were your expectations starting that 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 first day, and how did that evolve or change or become? bigger or better or, or worse or, or or did it well well you know of course as a being a photographer i had high hopes of making amazing photos of a simple object you know if you think about it it's really a ring and it's either mounted to a tree or a telephone pole or backboard so uh, my expectations and, and hopes were to make unique photos 
and um, and make them more interesting than just taking a snapshot of a hoop. And and that takes some time, you know, if you have time to spend with it. Um, and I can talk more about that. But it's my expectations are hopefully to have you know great pictures. And and what was really interesting is the trip just kept growing every day because. We did like every day we get a phone call from somebody else that found out about it and would try to hook us up with another person or I'd email somebody and they would connect me to another person and so every day it was kind of like a connect the dots kind of project because everybody was so excited about it they were willing to help and so it was really a, a village the old thing it takes a village well, it definitely took a village to put this book together and Kim's husband David. Uh, David Miller, who lives in here in Seattle, obviously, he was our guiding light at home because he's such a basketball fan and so knowledgeable that uh, he was our guiding light from home. And, you know, he would say, oh, you're going to Kansas? You need to do blah, blah, blah. And don't forget we're going to, you know, Texas. And, and so we had a cheerleader at home that was really, you know, guiding our way and making sense of my mumbo jumbo. And, and um, so it was just, like I said, it took a village to put this together. And um, I'm just so grateful how how it all did come together. Well, the, um, one of the great things about this book is the connectivity it has between just regular, ordinary people. Like you said, you knock on their door and, and want to um, uh, photograph their hoop. And then you had superstars like LeBron James and Shaquille O'Neal and Danny Manning and <laughs> Robert Roberts again was a part of this um, uh so many different people, Rebecca Lobo. So you have a mixture of people from all walks of life. Yeah, yeah. It that you know it's um. I that's why I put the the photos of, in the back of the book. There's there's childhood pictures of everybody that participated in the book. And for me, you know, it doesn't matter if you rent or own. You know, if you're rich or poor. You know, we all love the game of basketball. And I hope this book il- illustrates that, and especially I, my hope is that it encourages uh, everyone to follow the dreams, and especially kids, because the childhood pictures of the players, there's 31 players in the book, and they all have a you know a, a younger picture of them with their bio. And um, my hope is that when kids look at it, they're like, oh, you know, LeBron was a kid, okay, you know, I can do this too, or, you know, I can follow my dreams, and, and it will hopefully inspire them, because there's a wonderful picture of LeBron at three years old holding a basketball under a Christmas tree. I mean, it's it's just ridiculously cute. And so my hope was to, to help, you know, to show kids, hey, you know, you can follow your dreams as well, and these people are all kids wonderful. So. Well, how, how hard was it to choose which photos to use? Because you, you took all, over 100,000 images. <laughs> and how, yeah, how, how do you wow. decide that, which that ones was, go in? That was tough. Um you know, I think, again, NSYNC kicks in on that and, and you know, doing this for so long in your gut, what feels right. It, it was definitely challenging to, to narrow it down to, you know, just under 100 images. Um, but uh, I think it just kind of came together. And, you know, again, it's just editing. And, and a lot, I would try to edit as we went along. That was hard on the road. You know, every day I'd try to get a handle on it because if you don't, it can get really out of control. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, like, I knew, like, some things I knew I was going to do, like, for the bio pictures in the back, when I was at the Boys and Girls Club in Washington, D.C., the locker room, you know, the girls had girls on it. It was, like, this beautiful green, and the boys had beautiful blue. It said boys. And I thought, oh, that would be great to put in the back of the book with a bio. So, like, it kind of came together little by little in pieces, too. 
And the end sheets of the book, the, when you open the book, the, those are called the end sheets right there. Um, the first thing you see, those are actually uh, photographs of the original basketball rules that Naismith wrote in 1891. And um, that was so exciting that I was allowed to photograph them. That was amazing. So they kind of wow. came together, well, you know, a little bit. Well, um, we're going to take a, a quick break, and then I'm going to come back and we're going to talk with Robin about um, when the book's going to be released, how can how you can get the book, and you can actually get a, a special on the book right now. Um, it's being you can order it um, for uh, pre-order and save a lot of money. And the Pat Summit connection and the University of Tennessee, as everybody knows, I'm a big University of Tennessee fan, go Vols. And there's a big connection there to that as well. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with Robin. I'm going to play a song by the Matt Backness Band here in Seattle. Matt is he's a self-proclaimed new soul, which hit me because Robin and I had talked about ourselves being new souls. And uh, Matt is unsigned, and he will be signed pretty soon. This is probably the first time a lot of you are going to hear this song, and it's absolutely a hit. It's ready, radio ready. It's ready to go. You're going to be hearing from Matt, but you heard it here first. So the Matt Backness Band, this is Southern Bell, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Running you a ground 
Let's let that go to voicemail. Oh, hey, Southern Belle, I hope you're well. Did you get what you wanted when you did Bell? Instead of down in a down, it's way too late to run away right now. Way too late to run away right now. Way too late to run away right now.
asked her if she'd be okay if I dedicated the book to her, and she was thrilled. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's uh, Pat Summit. Not only is she a um, a gift to the University of Tennessee, but but she's been a gift to athletes and and people just in general. Not only women's athletics, but she's the winningest coach in history of women and men's athletics. Yep. It's it's absolutely crazy, and and, and she's yeah, a wonderful, wonderful a person. To be a woman's coach and you know of a women's team and be still the most winningest coach, men or women, that that is a huge, huge, huge accomplishment. Definitely, definitely. Now, hoops, it's it's kind of a, a metaphor, I think, the the journey that you were on and the representation of the basketball hoop and um, for, for kind of life in general as well because so many people, that when they're talking about the basketball hoop, it took them back to their childhood and their journey from – from, from a child into being a um, a teen and then maybe an adult, so it, it it's kind of a, a a journey that you're you're chronicling here as well, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, who hasn't you know played a game of horse or tossed a ball up toward you know towards a hoop? You know, I mean, I can pretty much say probably everybody on the earth has done that at some point in their in their life, and I mean, it's just such a a simple symbol with so much meaning behind it you know and um it for me it was it spoke to me doing this project spoke to me as a photographer because everybody asked me why hoops you know why why did you travel across america photographing basketball hoops and i and i i had to think about it because for me it was a couple reasons but the first reason that comes to mind is it spoke to me as a photographer you know a lot of the metaphors that are used in basketball and basketball's worth ethics um just seem to pertain to me, or I, I resonate with them in my soul. And one of my favorites is, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And for me, I, I live my life like that. I was thinking, you know, I, and, and I a couple other uh, things that also resonate with me too. And I just thought, you know, looking for a hoop and trying to make it beautiful, a simple object, um, and it, it is challenging, and also it was it became like an Easter egg hunt. Another thing that I enjoyed as a child, um, you know, I'm a chocolate fan to this day, and Easter egg hunting was one of my favorite things to do as a kid. So, you know, imagine, you know, uh, being older and driving across country trying to find one, and we're screaming out loud, oh, my gosh, there's one, look at this. And they're like, where, where? Nobody can see it, but I can spot one a mile away, and it's like that telephone pole, and my friends will be like, I didn't see that, but you, my eyes got so trained to find, I can find it. I, I, I would blow you away if I was driving with you in a car. I could totally find something that you would never see before. And so then it became a, even more of a challenge. So uh, I guess those reasons combined is, is why I chose to, to, uh, to do this project. Well, I would love to go on a road trip with you. If you ever need somebody just to carry your stuff, I mean, I'll totally like carry your gig bag and you know, PA PA for be you careful or whatever what you for offer free. Just <laughs> anytime, <laughs> anytime, call me. That would totally be my dream. I'll get your coffee. I'll go get your dry cleaning. I'll find you another stray dog. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, you are so funny. Yeah, you might want to check in with my friend Kim before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, do you have another road trip planned, or is there something that you're already cultivating in your brain about uh, something you want to um, photograph? 
Yeah, well, not so much photograph, but what my my goal right now is to um, have a couple shows cross country and uh, raise money for the Boys and Girls Club, uh, Boys and Girls Clubs across America, you know, in the big cities like Chicago and Atlanta and New York, and um, and do exhibits and book signings and, and help raise money for them. In fact, the one in Seattle is going to be October, no, I'm sorry, November 9th at the Boys and Girls Club on Rainier. And um, we're going to have a hoop contest and have a photo exhibit and book signing. And then um, I'm also um, planning a couple other cities as well. So that's pretty much my traveling. And, and of course, the Final Four is coming up. Right, right. It's going to be busy with a little road trip in there. But, um, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, definitely. Well, and on top of all of that, if, if that's not enough, if that just doesn't blow your mind how busy she is with all of that, you also are a filmmaker. You've been doing shorts for the OWN Network and working with Oprah Winfrey. I was on talking to you one time, and you're like, hold on, that's Oprah's on the other line, um, which is so awesome because uh, I'll, I'll hold well, well, Oprah's Oprah Network. I don't, know if it, I don't know if it was Oprah, but it was probably it was, uh, somebody from her office, yeah. yeah right, right. I, I well, I'll hold very, very, very blessed um, um, making some short films for them, either, you know, one minute up to, to five minutes, somewhere in that in that range, and um, and recently just finished two more for them. I think one's going to air next month and then one in October. And uh, very honored and excited. They're just everybody that, uh, that works at Harpo um, in OWN are just wonderful people. It's, um, you know, it starts with the head of the ship. So if you can imagine how um, wonderful the folks that are around, surround her are just amazing. And um, very, very excited and, uh, again, honored to be making films for them. So, yeah, very, very fun. How did you first meet Oprah? Um, I, uh, let's see, I think in 2005 she was giving away, I think it was 2004 maybe, she was giving away a million-dollar wedding um, and I did a lot of work with Colin Cowie, who did a lot of events and and, and weddings. He does the, you know, uh, I photographed Paula Abdul's wedding a long time ago with him, I think in the 90s. And um, Oprah told Colin that uh, he could hire whoever um, or ask any photographer he wanted to, to photograph the wedding that they were giving away. And he called me and asked me if I'd do it, and I said yes. And um, it kind of just took off from there. Well, I guess wow. that was like nine years ago. Yeah. Wow. I don't. That's a great phone call. <laughs> yeah, it was. I'll never forget the first time I met her. It was very exciting. So she's just wonderful. She's she's everything and more than you can possibly imagine. Wow. Well, and then you also photographed President Barack Obama. Can, can you tell us about a little about that? That's got to be exciting too. Oh, you know, I have to say, I have to tell you a quick story about him that I respect that man so much. I was in Seattle when I photographed him, and everybody was getting their photos taken with him, and, and the Secret Service came up to me, and I was there photographing the event, and the Secret Service came up to me and said, would you like your picture taken with the president? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And so <laughs> um, I I went, I kind of like ran across the room, and um, and he said, hi, um, and I said, hi, my name is Robin Layton. And he said, hi, Robin. And so he, you know, put his arm around me. And the gentleman that was taking my picture, uh, President Obama knew, and he, and he said, hey, you're, um, you're cutting my head off, and this is an important picture. 
for Robin. And so Robin come back over here that, after they took the picture the first time. And I went, oh, my God. So I came back. So remember, he, he cared enough to know, even notice that the guy was cutting my head off. I don't even, I just still don't know to this day how he saw that because he was across <laughs> the room with a long lens. And he cared enough to say something. And he remembered my name to call me back over. And sure right. enough, when I got my images back, when I got my images back, his head was half cut off. So I just thought, wow, you know, that's called being present and caring, you know. So I was right. very, very much blown away because I've photographed other presidents that my mama told me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything nice. <laughs> so I, I, I can feel, I feel people's energy, and I have to tell you, if it was up to me, I wish that man would be the president for the rest of our lives. But um, yeah, I was very impressed with him. Yeah. Well, he's also a huge basketball fan. I know. Well, you know, I photographed the White House hoops too. Um, that is a whole other story. I don't think we have time for that, but that's maybe the next time. But uh, I can't believe that I actually got to go out on the White House grounds to do that. That was an impossible feat that actually happened. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what was the basketball hoop at the White House like? I bet it was really pristine and pretty. That's how I would imagine. It was. It was surrounded by flowers outside the fence and um, the full court, and it had the White House emblem at the bottom. And the picture in, the, in my hoop book is a vertical picture of it, and you can see the Washington Monument in the background. So, um, Did you get to shoot and the hoop there? Also, uh, I did. I got to photograph his hoop there and on, the, on his court, and I was told by two staff photographers at the White House that that will never happen. One of them I used to work with. And um, so it's a long story, but it was a major feat that that happened, and um, I was very blessed. To, to actually, um, yeah, I actually had to cold call the White House because that's four people trying to get me in and nobody could. So I said, all right, that's it. I'm cold calling the White House. And I did. I looked up for the, eight, the 800 number or whatever online and just started calling for weeks and um, finally got to one person and it all worked out. So it was amazing. And um, Oh, that is I, amazing. Yeah. So everybody said, you cold called Obama. But um, I... <laughs> I actually took a picture. Well, this is funny too. I was uh, my friend Kim and I were waiting in the press room, you know, where where the, all the press conferences are, and there's the podium where he stands, you know, with the White House seal behind him, and on the floor was this beautiful carpet with with uh, I think it was blue carpet with gold stars, and I thought, oh, you know what, this would be so cool. I'm going to put the ball on the I had a basketball with me on the ground and take a picture of it, and my friend goes, don't you dare! And so I did. And it's actually on the poster. I have a poster I just made of um, different hoops. It's like a checkerboard. It's beautiful, and it's you can actually get it on my site, Hoop the American Dream, right now. And it's um, it just actually as of today they're for sale. Ironically, and one of the pictures in the middle of the poster is of that picture, and um, it's where he stands when he gives um, his, his speeches. So it's pretty exciting that that's part of it as well. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So that poster is available today, so and people can go to hoopseamericandream.com and get that? Yes, it's actually um, hoop, no S, and so it's hoopseamericandream.com, and it's under Hoop Shop. 
Great. Well, we will so put all of this information yeah. out. We'll, we'll link all this information, and, and we'll keep up with your event, too, at the Boys and Girls Club on November 9th so that we can get the word out on that as well. And we will put the links to all of this in, in your book. And I'm going to be one of those people standing in line when you come through with all of my paraphernalia for oh. you to sign. And <laughs> I told her oh, earlier today, I said, I've been totally fangirling all over this interview all day. I had my my palms were sweating before the interview started. I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess this up for Robin. <laughs> and oh, she said, this great. And as everyone can tell, you're just, you know, I've been talking to Robin for over a month now, and she's just always like this. I mean, this is this is exactly how she is every single time. And if you're looking for nice and kind people in this world to throw your support behind, this is another one of those people. Robin Layton is the real deal. She's just a fantastic, wonderful person. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of times we, we support people and they end up, you know, kind of, I don't know, being weird somewhere along the line. But, um but when you know, it's like, it's like Oprah says, when, when you know, when you know better, you do better. So the whole point of this show is to kind of, you know, show you people in the world who are out there doing great things and have good, good heart, their heart's in the right place. And, 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 and they're trying to, to add something to this human journey. And Raman is one of those people. And we always want to support those people as, as other people along the journey. We want to support each other along the way. And so I'm just so privileged and just a thrill for me to have you on today, Robin. Oh, gosh, Lori, I'm the one that's thrilled and honored. I can't thank you enough. And thank you for those kind words. It's hard to hear, uh, you know, to take the, take all those kind words in. And I, I truly am appreciative and um, and I'm just so gracious, grateful. So thank you, thank you. No, well, it's a... I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. So hold on just a second. Um, I want to talk with you while while our song plays out real quick. But thank you so much for coming on. We're going to follow all of your success. We're going to get the word out as much as we can. We're going to link everything up and uh, just continue to let people know about all of your great projects. It's just a huge honor to to be a part of it. And um, and you're just going to have tons more success uh, because – it's, it's such quality, quality work, and, and people definitely appreciate that. So um, from, from me, from oh. all the people who are, who are going to see this book, thank you for jumping in a van for nine months and, and, and dedicating so much of your life to, to doing this. It's absolutely extraordinary. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Okay, hang on just a second. We're going to go out today with Ray Bolt. As everybody knows, I'm a huge, huge Ray Bolt fan. I play this song at a lot of the – uh, a lot of the end of the shows that I do on the interviews. Um, Ray Bolt, if if you don't know his story, he um, you can certainly find it online, but I've had Ray on several times. Ray was at the top, top, top of the Christian charts. Um, he came out of the closet as gay, and overnight his career was in the tank. His talent didn't change. Only one word changed. And I support Ray. I stand with Ray. Um, I'm a believer in Ray, and I want everybody to get on and support Ray as well. This is his I Will Choose to Love. It's a fantastic song. You can download it on iTunes. And have a great day. Be kind to everybody else and spread kindness along the way. And thanks for listening.
they shake their fists at me And I will be myself And live in authenticity and Though they wrap their hatred In a message from above I will choose to love And I will choose to care When I see a soul in need I will treat each life I will choose to hold 